Hey fitness friends, anxiety warriors, and stigma stompers, welcome to 40,000 Steps Live. I'm your host, Christopher Heimerman, and I am not a healthcare professional. I'm not a counselor, a psychiatrist, or a licensed expert. I'm a guy with about a year and a half of sobriety and a story that will break some hearts. It will resonate, and ultimately, hopefully, it's going to give hope to people who are living through what I have lived. Thanks so much for being here, guys. Thanks for being part of this community. So now you might be asking, why would I have on a bar owner when this is a show about addiction and recovery and mental illness? Well, first off, this show is going to have perspectives from the left side to the right side. Uh, we're going to have on people who are celebrating anniversaries of their sobriety. We're going to have on healthcare experts. Um, but I'm very, uh, I'm very curious about every perspective because obviously this isn't something that exists in a vacuum. You know, we all live in this world together. I want to know what other people have to say about these topics. And besides, my, my guest tonight, Bobby Grenia, who owns Champions Pub in Milwaukee, is perhaps the most uplifting guy who I've ever met. And I'm going to show you a couple of instances of what he does that actually stops people in their tracks and turns their days around or gets their day off to the perfect start. So very excited to have Bobby here. I'm excited to have a whole bunch of stuff in the Q&A segment coming up. So let's get this party started. It's a beautiful night for a run. Let's lace them up. It's 40,000 Steps Live. All right, folks. Hey, if you're new to the program, here's how it works. In a little bit here, we're going to do a Q&A segment. There's still time that if you have a question you like answered, you can send it to 40,000steps at gmail.com. You can also submit your questions, of course, down in the comments. My, uh, my partner and producer, Deshaun Johnson, is keeping an eye on those, and he'll let me know if anything comes in during the show. So whether you're wondering about mental illness, recovery, addiction, any of those issues, Send us an email. Send us a question. You can stay anonymous. You can attach your name to it. Totally up to you. So here's my story. And I feel like we should probably put a disclaimer at the top of tonight's show because I am going to talk about my college days. You know, back when I just had like the beginnings of a drinking problem and I wasn't like a, a four alarm dumpster fire. When we were in college, me and my crew, we had a few choice bars. Now, there was Landmark Lanes, you know, where they had actual steel-tipped darts. Great idea, right? Let's let's uh, let's take a bunch of drunks and let's give them weaponry and see what happens. What could go wrong? Um, but they also had bowling, but they didn't have shuffleboard. And Champions Pub had free shuffleboard, and they also happened to have a very cool crowd. They had some friendly bartenders, and they had excellent beer. We never had a bad time at Champions, at least not that I can remember, of course. You know, Champions is kind of your prototypical neighborhood bar. Uh, it was my neighborhood bar, and the guy behind the bar oftentimes was the owner, Bobby Grenia. I mean, here was this, like, big dude, gruff exterior with this huge personality. And I moved away from Milwaukee about 15 years ago. But in the dozen or so years that followed, whenever my wife and I, when she was my fiance or after we were married, anytime we were going up to Wisconsin to visit family, we would talk to friends and be like, hey, let's meet up. Of course, we're going to Champions. It was the place. I couldn't, see the, I couldn't wait to see the people who worked there. Couldn't wait for the atmosphere. 
it was really our home away from home during college and it kept a very near and dear place in my heart. I wish I could still hang out there. You know, that would be great. And you know what though? I could, because I know that if I went up to the bar and I ordered a Diet Coke or a Virgin Mary, nobody would give me a second look. And that sort of culture, it starts with the owner, which of course in this case is Bobby Green. And Bobby remains a fixture in my life today. You know, apart from seeing him on a laptop screen, uh, I haven't seen him in several years. But he remains a fixture in my life because of the things I see from him on Facebook. And I want to show a couple of these to you now. A few screenshots that I snagged, whether Bobby knows it or not. I want you to see some of the messages. Thank you for being your normal, everyday, run-of-the-mill, awesome self. Isn't that awesome? I mean... Isn't this the sort of thing that if you saw it first thing in the morning, it would just stop you in your tracks and be like, oh, yeah, things aren't so bad. Uh, yeah, I can do this. I mean, some of this thing stuff, you would think it's tongue in cheek, but Bobby is such a people person and he genuinely cares about people. And now things are going to get a little bit real here. So you're reading this one and he's reaching out to folks and saying, if the pandemic is kicking your butt like it's kicking everybody else's butt. Let me know. We're going to make sure that you get some food. We're going to make sure that we take care of you. And you know what? This is what do-gooders do, of course. He will pretend it never happened because Bobby doesn't want any credit. He wants to make sure that people are taken care of. And this next one cuts right to the core of me. This one was from a few weeks ago. I mean, this is it, folks. This is the prototypical example, like the crown jewel of how we take on the stigma surrounding addiction, mental illness, and all these things that the world tells us that we can't talk about. And here's the, my very favorite part of this, the very last line. He says, I love you. Now, if you've seen Bobby doing like the St. Paddy's Day celebration while he's setting up, you couldn't imagine him saying, I love you. Dude, it's all business. But he genuinely loves people. And most of us do, right? But he says it. Now, I recently tried to go beyond like just liking posts on social media. I'm trying to get better about actually sharing my true emotions. But yet my cursor like hovers over that little heart button, that terrifying little heart, because, you know, what, what if what if I tell somebody that I love their post and people are wondering, they're like, really, you, you, you love that guy? You love that girl? I mean, what's wrong with that? How nuts is it that we think like that? But you know what? It's getting easier. Because every time that we spread love, when we mean love, not when we mean like, but when we truly mean love, we are moving society forward just a little bit. And those little changes, you add them up and you get something really significant. I mean, you've heard about voting with your wallet, right? Well, when you choose a society going forward, vote with your words. Hell, vote with your emojis, man. That's cool, too. You have no idea what it might do for somebody. Now, before we dive into the I Hear You segment, I want to talk about a race. So check this out. I recently met Sasha Wolf, who runs a nonprofit called Still I Run. And you might know by now that running is my very favorite form of medicine. It's always good for what ails me. If I'm depressed, anxious, go for a run. And it's amazing the difference that it makes. She's going to join us in a couple of weeks to share her story and to talk about how Still I Run offers a community for runners living with mental illness. Well, the other part of their mission is to raise awareness and to fight back that stigma. Here's how you can support them 
check it out. They are going to have a 5K starting January 1st called the Breaking Stigma in Stride 5K. And for 25 bucks, you get a medal, you get a buff, you get some really cool stickers, you get a sticker pack, and the money that you pay also goes toward fighting this stigma that's holding back millions from realizing their full potential. The event is also sponsored by Ultra Running, so when you sign up, you get entered into a drawing, and if you're selected, you get a pair of shoes from Ultra, hat, water bottle, sling backpack. It's a really cool prize package. So go to stilladruncommunity.com and sign up for the race. I just signed up for it. They've got a goal of having a thousand people in it. They're already over 250. So I hope to see you there at the virtual 5K. It's going to be an awesome time. So next up, let's do my, uh, well, my second favorite segment, because, you know, obviously I can't wait to talk to Bobby, but this is called I Hear You. We're going to take a question and we're going to run down some comments that I recently got on social media. So without further ado, this next segment is called I Hear You. All right, folks. So the scoring in this game, real simple, in case you haven't heard the spiel before. Every time you submit a question, you get 40,000 points. And first person to 40,000 points wins. Well, anybody who sends a question gets 40,000 points. So you can see how this goes. Everybody wins. You know, it's like T-ball. And every time we talk about these things, everybody wins. It's, it's, it's a cool thing. So you can always send questions to 40,000steps at gmail.com. Like I said, you can also ask questions or make comments down in the, uh, in the comments field, too. So I got this one from Nate, and I love this one. It kind of plays into what we're talking about tonight. Nate and his wife just had their first child, and he's been trying to get into better shape. He'll exercise for a couple of days, and then it's weeks again before he works out again. He kind of feels like he's getting going. He falls off. So he says, what tips do you have? Well, really, any time that we're trying to build something, I think the best way to build it is incrementally. Like If you all of a sudden decide that you're going to go couch to 10K in a couple of weeks, you're setting yourself up for massive disappointment, right? It, it, or, or injury, worse yet. So everything is incremental. You know, if, if, it, if it means that you, know, you haven't been exercising, you're concerned about your health and stuff, it, you know, just get up and go for a walk once, twice a day. Lift some weights, lift some light weights. You know, start small, and if you do it consistently and you start small, you're gonna be able to do it consistently you feel that bo that boost of energy, and in a matter of a week or two, you start seeing that you can lift a little bit more weight. You can walk a little bit farther. You can break into a jog. Jog for a block, walk for a block. Next time you go, you jog for two blocks. You walk for a block. You see where I'm going with this? That it's incremental, a little bit at a time. And the energy is going to start self-perpetuating. You're going to feel better about yourself. And I feel you. When you just had a kid, it's like, I need all the energy I can get, man, because I'm getting three hours of sleep. It's like half an hour at a time. It It's tough. It's tough. But if you treat yourself to a little bit of exercise and you build it up, you're going to give yourself a, a puncher's chance as a new dad. By the way, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thank you very much for reaching out, Nate. The, the people's questions, that would, that's really what makes this show go. So I did a little crowdsourcing. I asked our social media followers if they would let us know examples of how they're dealing with managing their mental illness during the pandemic. And I got some really good stuff. 
And I want to come out swinging with my very favorite one. My friend Diana says, making my bed in the morning so no matter how stressful or chaotic the day is, when I get to my room, my bed is waiting and welcoming so I can just melt away the day. It's the one thing I can control, and it's very comforting to know I have some peace at home. I love that because like, kind of like I was saying before, we all want to do something monumental. And oftentimes we want to do things that maybe we can't even control. And we set ourselves up for failure and then we, we get dejected, we get discouraged. And then guess what? We don't try again. Right? So just doing these little things to check in with yourself and take care of yourself. I love this from Diana. You know, if you're, whether you're cooking a meal or reading an extra book to your kid at night or something like that, all these little things, again, they really add up. They give us a chance to check in with ourselves and stay healthy. Uh, my friend, Teresa, I graduated uh, from high school with Teresa. I haven't seen her a while, but apparently she is like a yoga guru now. Um, that's her business. So she says she practices what she preaches, yoga, movement in general, uh, vagal toning, Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, Neurosculpting meditation and more yoga. She reads. She hired a personal trainer. She's getting regular massages. That sounds nice. She's getting outside as much as she can and doing things for others because it instills joy in myself. Baths also sounds awesome. Oh, and more yoga. Love it. Liz says reading and knitting, which is a perfect segue into my mom who crochets blankets for Project Linus. She makes like dozens of them every year and hats too. And uh, cardio workouts, yoga, more yoga, and reading basically anything to pass the time. Sticking with the Heimerman women, my wife Kayla says yoga has helped immensely. She has done yoga every day this year. And it's, it's not like she it, it started out by doing headstands and crow pose, although she can do it. And she's, she's an absolute champion of them. But again, it's like you, you build into it. You build in the habit. And then your life, your day doesn't feel complete without it. She says, exercise, reading and listening to books and puzzles have all been helpful too. We have done a lot of puzzles this year. Jill says, eat right and exercise. Stacy says, exercise has been critical and reading. I need to make myself get outside more. Which Amanda says, getting outdoors, walking, hiking, running, all of it. My friend Holly says, lots of exercise and doing those mental check-ins, being deliberate about taking care of yourself and reading. Mindy Neenhaus, who was uh, who was a very gracious and brave soul. She was on one of our practice episodes of this. She says, as an avid reader, I usually have a mix of fiction and nonfiction, but I've been leaning heavily into fiction this year as an escape from, and she writes, gestures broadly and setting aside at least 30 minutes a day most days. I've also felt much more committed to meditation and journaling. Jacqueline says she's explored new hobbies. She recently started refinishing furniture and selling it, along with making jewelry and learning how to make rosin, resin jewelry. Sorry. Also, there's a lot of projects around the house. My friend Phil says writing video games, rereading novels, music, everything from metal covers of Katy Perry to Echo's ambient music on NPR, catching up on old DVDs he hasn't watched in a while. Andy says writing a lot and reading, and another Andy says, playing the drums and rediscovering and augmenting my vinyl collection. You see how this runs the gamut? And these are all things that these people are passionate about, but some of them might be new too. So I love it. I hope you guys can take some stuff away from them. All right. Man, I, I, know, I know you're as pumped. I, I hope you're as pumped as I am because it's time to bring in our featured guest, Bobby Greenia. He is the owner of Champions Pub in Milwaukee and just a great human being. 
We're going to play a little music game with him that he doesn't know about. You guys ready? Let's head on over to the guest room. Bobby Grinia. Hello. How are you, man? Oh, I'm phenomenal. I have so many fond memories of champions, and it's just awesome to see you. Whenever we'd come through town to visit during the holidays, we always had to come to champions. And uh, you and Tommy and all the other folks there, you guys had so much to do with that because it always felt like home when we went to champions. So Thank you. Uh, we try to make it feel that way. You do. I mean, when you bought the bar back in 2000, right? Yes. Was was this what you envisioned? Like, what, what did you set out to to make your bar feel like and look like? Uh, yeah. I mean, I just think it's always a great place. I wanted to own the bar since I was a kid. It was just where I always had the most fun. At first, my grandfather was there. So I got to sit and play cards with him and talk and learn and be ridiculed by all the old timers and, you know he's not knows brad or this or that and then my uncle took it over and i was working for him uh and then my wife and i took it over you guys had me at free shuffleboard man and and it, it looked the, the table looks great i just saw a picture of it on facebook uh we just got done refinishing it uh and that's something that i brought in we didn't we had a, we had steel tip darts to begin with uh, if you look at the picture, we never had, we also put windows in the front. We never had windows in the front. And that was the one thing, uh, my market research, I would ask young ladies, would you ever walk into a bar that you couldn't look into? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we, we put it, well, it also helped with circulation and it looks nicer, but yeah, it was, it's, it made it look much nicer, uh, much more welcoming. Yeah, no kidding. And that's what we, we want to be welcoming and. Uh, we're like a good pair of jeans. We have to go all the right places. <laughs> so, I mean, when I, when I met you the first couple of times, I mean, you said it. You know, you you got a big personality, but you there might be a little bit of a gruff exterior, especially if you're busy. But I know that you're a big softy, and when you post like stuff on Facebook, like you look amazing today and stuff like that. I mean, where where did that start? How did you decide to start doing that? Uh, it started with the toothache. Uh, I've got bad teeth, and I had to go to the dentist <laughs> office. And one day, I was reading uh, if it was a red book or Woman's Day, or uh, and it just said, you know, be more positive. To be a more positive person, uh, you should change just the way you respond to how are you today. So instead of saying fine or okay, I started saying outstanding. How are you? I'm outstanding, and just. And it just, it started, the more I said it, the more it just rolled off. And then the, the reactions I saw on people's faces, it just, it would stop them, especially like at the checkout counter at a grocery store. And they may be having a bad day and all of a sudden you come up and, you know, and how are you? And, you know, and it's, I'm fine. I'm okay. Some people don't even say anything. They just shut up and just keep going through. And I see that and the, the, yeah. the checkout person will stop and smile and, you know, and it might just turn their day around. I mean, I don't know if it has that appeal or not, but well, and then I started throwing in stupendous or phenomenal or just different words that, I mean, because every day you're alive, you're doing better than someone that's not. 
Yeah. Well, and I mean, we get on this zombie autopilot where it's like, how are you? Fine. I'm good. So, I mean, to sort of like break up the monotony of daily life. Right. And it's all, and it's, dude, it's done it. It does it for me. I, I see the posts and like, it's like a shot of espresso. It's, well, it's and, good stuff. And then it led into Facebook with all of, and this, I, I realized I started doing it when Facebook was, when I started getting on it because I started seeing all the, the 11 and 10 year anniversaries of me saying these things, mm-hmm. but it's, it does make a difference and it does make people smile and it, it just gets you off in the better foot than saying, I hate this person or I don't like this, or I just wanted to be the change that I'd like to see on Facebook. I'd like to see people being more positive. You know, I just, I just believe that you can be better. Negative energy is exhausting, man. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's a springboard for me to see that stuff. You, you, you shared a couple of posts this year that sort of took things to a different level. And, you know, we showed one of them before and I'm going to go ahead and put it back up here again. Mm-hmm. I, this one, man, I mean, you've, you've had some brushes with people with, um, with mental illness, of course. I mean, t- tell me about it. Why, why, what prompted you to do this? It sounds like it was really personal for you. Uh, it just, was it easy to do? Because like, like I said, for me, it's like, I will hover over that button and be like, oh, are people no. going to think that I'm weak? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't care what other people's opinion of me are. I, <laughs> I've given up on that a long time ago. Teach me. Uh, I mean, I, I'd like, I wish I could. I mean, the Facebook stuff or like Twitter, the poor people that put out, put themselves out there on Twitter and just, you know, like the poor wide receiver from the Packers that didn't catch a ball and got death threats. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But people get, you know, maybe this is my version of being a keyboard warrior. I just go the other way. I go positive instead of negative. And when I started doing this, I also stopped heckling people at baseball games. Mm. And I used to be really good at that. We've, we've got a picture of you at the ball game. Uh, let's let, let's let's put that up here too. I had really close seats, so catchers catchers didn't like me. Those are the seats right behind home plate, and you would see us on TV occasionally. Yeah, that's uh, that's my human billboard crew. Uh, mm-hmm. We couldn't hold up signs, but they couldn't make us take off our shirts. Nor, <laughs> nor did they want us to. I, let's let's not get away from this. Can you tell me about your experiences with, with mental illness? Because it sounds like it sounds like it's it's been close to you. Well, I I was a corpsman in the Navy, so I've worked in the medical field. I was on an aircraft carrier with five thousand other guys during a war. So you you had some people that were stressed out, and but it's it, it's you never want to be your own best customer in the bar business. I only drink when I'm at the bar. I don't drink at home. I, I don't know why. It's just I don't. I have I've seen it how I mean I've I've had mental illness in my family. I've seen uh what it does to people. You know, and I've had customers that have figured it out and got, you know, that drinking wasn't for them or that they did it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just it's like any I mean, I'll always try to talk to somebody but I'll try to pull them aside. I don't want to do it in front of other people. I mean, unless it's like their wife or, and it's someone that talks to me also about it. Sure. 
it's a very difficult situation. But if you show the people that you care and that you're willing to help them, they'll generally listen to you and know that you're not, you know, trying to screw them. Or I mean, I don't, it's, it's tough in the bar business because I mean, you are, that's how you make your living is selling drinks. But yeah, I didn't get in this business to be a millionaire. Uh, yeah. I knew I was never going to be a millionaire in this job, but I, it was what I wanted to do. And if I get a customer that I think is drinking too much, a, I'll slow them down while they're drinking, you know, if it's like shots, shots, you know, or, you know, what's going on if they're just pounding drinks or if they're angry, they generally just want someone to talk to and listen to them. Yeah. And that's okay. what I try to do. I mean, these are a lot of these, they feel like your family members. And our, a lot of them are, I mean, we have people that move into our neighborhood just so they can be, it's a great neighborhood. I mean, we're very tight. Uh, we do a lot of things together, you know, every Christmas we, well, I don't know if we're going to do it this year. We would all, everybody in the neighborhood would make a dish and take it down to the firehouse at the end of our block, uh, and feed the firemen for a night. Hey, I, I want to sneak in something here uh, while we're talking about Christmas, you know, the Salvation Army is, uh, our, our producer, my partner, Deshaun is actually a captain with the Salvation Army. My um, bell ringer. He loves, does it every year. Oh, it's great. You know, and we would always do it with the girls. And one of their favorite pastimes is putting the change in the kettle. Well, I want to take a moment and say that it's been a tough year for the Salvation Army. Fundraising is way down and the need is obviously way up. So you know, what can we do? How can we help the Salvation Army rescue Christmas? We can put some money in the bucket, obviously. We can donate at the Salvation Army website. When you're at a store and you see an angel tree, you can grab a tag from the tree and give a child or a family a proper Christmas by buying the items on the tag and turning them in at the store. There are fewer people ringing the bells this year, so you can still volunteer so that a kettle doesn't go unmanned. Let's all step up and help the Salvation Army rescue Christmas. I think that's awesome. It, it's been tough, man. Like we were, you know, we just popped by Walmart today to buy like cat food and dog food to donate to the local animal shelter. And the kettle was unmanned and it just breaks my heart. It's just a missed opportunity. I mean, people can still drop money in there, but you know that right. if you see somebody ringing the bell, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's timeless. So what are you guys finding a way to do this year? I, is there anything that you guys are able to do for the holidays? Uh, I'm looking at possibly dropping stuff off on people's doorsteps, uh, dressed yeah. as Santa. We, yes. could, we would always do a Christmas party. I would do Santa. We would have the people that have kids come and have pictures taken. And then Santa would have a, a large candy cane for them. And, and we'd had a back, we'd had a backdrop with a mantle and all Trying to trying to get all fancy and no, it's for nothing. So uh, Santa may be going door to door and waving from outside. Santa's got him. Santa's got to mobilize, man. I love it. Well, Santa needs all the help he can get, so he asked me to help out every once in a while. The least I can do for the big man. <laughs> hey, you know, I you've had a very personal experience with the pandemic this year. You were sick as a dog back in yeah, February. Yeah, had a place. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, you were you were February. I uh, had all the, the symptoms. You said you were stuck in bed for like ten days back in February, weren't yeah, you? Well, I was not. I mean, I was like flat my back for ten. I had a fever, chills, all that. Then I got the yeah. cough, and I just could not. 
it was like I just had this little thing right. And if I could just get it up, it would it would be gone, and it just would not go away. And it took me a while, and then right about the time I got healthy, we got shut down by the state. Yeah. Uh, which was okay. I didn't want to be the Mrs. O'Leary's cow of COVID. So uh, with St. Patrick's Day, I mean, we got cut down the day before our biggest day. So it's been a little tough this year, but you know, I got a good wife, and she was working during the whole thing. God bless. I just made sure I had food and dishes done, nice hot meal for her when she came home, and yeah, it, it takes a village this year, man. What are some examples that you've seen of people kind of pulling for each other and helping us all get by? Just the different fundraisers for people. Venmo, just out of the blue, you know, people would all of a sudden just shoot money in your account. I love it. It's just, it's been so weird. To see. I mean, it's been, the restaurant and bar business has been just crushed by, and, and the music business, any live entertainment. So it's, I mean... To see how they pivoted into outdoor, uh, the, some of the outdoor stuff I don't quite understand. The to pivot into takeout and into you know changing up their whole menu to go a different direction. If they were fine dining, all of a sudden they're going to do burgers one night or something. The whole time that we were shut down, we worked on things around the. I worked on projects around the bar and did a lot of stuff that no one really noticed, but I know. Mm-hmm. So that that kept me going during the pandemic was just knowing that we were going to open again and, and and just being positive. And, and that's the other thing is there are so many people that were down. It's just nice to have a positive voice, you know, just, to, yeah, it's going to get better. Yeah, it's going to be fine. We're all going to get through this. It's not going to be, a, you know, you can see it written, but you like to hear someone say it and have a little conviction behind it. Well, we're going to give the music business a little boost here in a minute with a little game. But first, I, I want to talk one more time here about Still I Run. I had mentioned them earlier. They've got that Breaking Stigma and Stride 5K. Uh, that's January 1st. You can register now for 25 bucks. All of those registrations are going toward the starting line scholarship that they run. This pays for people who are seriously interested in running but might not have the means to get started. And you can apply right on their website. You go under the Get Involved tab and you'll answer some questions and they'll determine whether you're eligible. And this isn't one of those situations where they're just going to give you a little money and say, okay, now go for it. Go be a runner. They're going to set you up with proper running shoes, proper running shirt, shorts, moisture wicking socks, all the bells and whistles, and get you some other swag as well. They're going to assign you a coach and a mentor to check in with you and help you reach your goals. And they're going to set you up with a training plan. and I double checked with them on this earlier. They're going to get you your entry into a 5K or 10K of your choice. So I asked Sasha Wolf, the uh, the founder and mastermind behind Still I Run. I said, "What if?" I said, "What if they want to do like the Disney 5K or 10K? Do you put a cap on the entry fee?" And said, "You know what? My first was Riverbank, huge event. I need people to experience that thrill." So they will work with anybody who's accepted into the program to get them loving running. Because like we talked about, running is one of the best things, exercise in general, for mental illness. So what do you think, Bobby? You want to play a game? Oh, I'd love to. This is called Christmas Playlist. I'm going to name a Christmas tune. You're, you're, the, uh, you're the MC. You're running the party. And you're going to tell me whether you're skipping this song or if you're letting it play. 
You got it. We're going to start out right out of the gates with, with, with an easy one. Joy to the world. I don't know if I'm starting with joy to the world, but it's all right. Okay, I, but I, it can probably, be on the playlist. I would probably leave it. Okay. How about White Christmas, a classic? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a top five. <laughs> How about Mariah Carey's hit, All I Want for Christmas is You? Oh, I'm a big love, actually, guy, so I still think the little kid does it better, but Yes. Uh, but yes, you gotta you gotta keep that. Otherwise, I mean, what else is she gonna do? Yeah. I, I'm still get trying to the, figure out how many lives get back in the top twenty every year with that song. Yeah, it's it's evergreen. Um how about grandma got run over by a reindeer? Skipping it. Skipping it? Oh yeah. Okay. Blue Christmas, little Elvis? No. Okay. All right. Silent night. <sighs> Slowing it down for the couples. Sure. I like Silent Night. It's a classic. Okay. All right. How about Run Run Rudolph? Yes. Okay. Oh, uh, let's see. What else do we have here? All right. This one's going to be telling. All right. Last Christmas. Last Christmas. I don't even know what that one is. Oh, you've heard it. Can you sing it? Yeah. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. The very oh, next day. Yeah. Can we add it? I would probably leave it on because other people like it, but I'm not a fan. See, I told everybody that you're a super nice guy because I wouldn't say that Kayla loves it, but it has, it has a lot. It has a very big place in her heart. I can't listen to Last Christmas. Christmas without uh without grinding my teeth. I I, I can't do it. it. It's tough. See, I'm a what big, I'm a, like an old I like Bing Crosby White Christmas. I like Andy Williams uh Happy Holidays and the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Uh Sinatra, have yourself a Merry Little Christmas is a classic. But then mm-hmm. I've also got to hear the Kinks Father Christmas. Yes, I was gonna I was gonna throw that one in there. Perfect. My wife's favorite Christmas song is Celebrate Me Home. By Kenny Loggins. So, oh, okay. All right. I'm a, the guy that depends on who's singing it because I used to mm-hmm. like Bing Crosby, but then there's sometimes where he gets a little too loose with the, uh, with the fr- even on songs he wrote. I, I like certain people's, but then, but then there's also times that just Dean Martin will just kill me for Christmas songs. Yeah. I mean, I like him doing one song or two, but then in, he just Dean Martins it through all of them, and I don't like that all the time. <laughs> well, for last Christmas, like five, six people have covered it. You know, it was made famous oh, by everybody's Wham. Got, everybody's got a Christmas album. If, if you're big, you got a Christmas album. Yeah, and one of my right? favorite ones is the Stylistics. So you got you got to help me out, and you got to have um, Nat King Cole sing the Christmas song on your playlist. Can you do that for me? Oh, sure. I'm sure it's already on there. That's that's my very favorite. Well, I know you guys have the bar all decorated. I wish I could be there to see it. I wish you guys could all come up. Sometime in spring, maybe for St. Patty's Day, you will be able to cross the state line and come see you guys. That would be nice. I'm hoping earlier than that, but we'll see. Hopefully, Hopefully this gets all cleared up with the vaccine and people can go back to living. Yeah, no kidding. Well, take care of yourself. Take care of your bar family and and your literal family. And I all hope right. you guys have a I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday. All right. All right, Chris. Thanks a lot, and I love you. I love you too, man. Thanks for joining right. us. Have a great night, Deshaun. Thanks for everything.
Have a great one, guys. <laughs> we'll see ya. Oh, guys. Oh, that, that got me all for Clemt. You know, it's the holidays. So obviously we're all a little bit, you know, extra gooey right now. We're all, you know, we're all we're all struggling, aren't we? You know, it's 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 hard when we think about the things that we're gonna be missing this year. You know, a lot of people are deciding, you know, us included, that we won't get the chance to see our family over the holiday. But I think we need to um we need to be able to sort of shift the attention to the things that we do have. I think we need to pick up the phone and we need to call each other and check in on each other. I mean, think about the people who, when you get on the phone and you call them and you get off the line, it's like, gosh, why didn't I call him sooner? I feel so much better. Call that person this holiday season and check in with each other. But I'll come back to it again. You know, ever since I came out as a recovering alcoholic, which was really like last August when I blasted it onto social media. Every time that I go to click on post, if I'm talking about my sobriety or if I'm talking about my struggle with mental illness, I hover over that post button and I wonder, is this going to lose me a friendship? Are people going to judge me? It's hard because all of this is so ingrained in our mind that to put ourselves out there, and to be honest and to be caring and loving and to ask for love and help, that it's a sign of weakness. It's not. It's a sign of strength. And the beauty is when we rip off that Band-Aid and we heal, we get stronger. So I am going to make a commitment to pushing that post button a little bit faster, to clicking on the love emoji when somebody post something and I love them or I love what they're saying. I hope we can all commit to that. It would certainly go a long way right now. Bobby alluded to it, that there's a lot of negativity out there. The election brought out the, the ugliest side of so many of us. If we start chipping away with a little bit of love here and there, all those, all those little pieces will add up to something truly monumental. And I believe that. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have the aforementioned Sasha Wolf here on the program. We're going to talk about Still I Run. We're going to talk about their mission. We're going to talk about the 5K. And we're going to talk about her battle with mental illness as well. You know, we're going to, we've got a lot of common ground there. And I can't wait to get into that with her. So as always, gang, it's great to see you. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to see you one more time before, before Christmas is officially upon us. We'll see you on December 22nd. And remember this, no matter what all is happening out there, whatever's happening in the world, and it seems like everything's falling apart out there, remember, in here, we are coming together. <laughs>